Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And this is Side Note. A podcast where every episode we tell stories about and then debate a controversial topic. And then we research and splice in all the mind-blowing shiznit throughout so you are entertained while simultaneously learning. As Canadians, today's episode is going to be about the winter. We will talk about the 2013 ice storm that we survived here in Toronto, and another story about when Mitch was pummeled by a ski lift. Then, we will debate whether winter is an inconvenient nightmare or a chance to cozy up and finally enjoy life. The science will be spliced throughout with side notes presented today by myself, Greg, and Rachel. Hey friends, let's get into it. Before we start, today's episode is brought to you by the productivity app, which I'm obsessed with. It's for Windows or Mac called Cold Turkey. Google Cold Turkey or go to coldturkey.com to download it now and start blocking the websites that are making your life just disappear before your eyes, that are making you distracted online. Also, downloading Cold Turkey helps our show as you interacting with our sponsors is what makes us able to keep doing this. So I've been using Cold Turkey, this app, on my computer all week, and I've gotten so much more work done this week than any other week. It really, really works. So the way I use it is I use Cold Turkey to block the websites that distract me when I'm writing a script like Twitter or Pitchfork or Facebook. And the best thing about Cold Turkey is unlike other productivity apps, which I've used before, this one you can't just go turn off. It really makes you quit them, Cold Turkey. So when I'm writing a script and I get a little bored, I always like compulsively go to Twitter. Bam, this thing shows up. Cold Turkey has blocked you. And it's like a nice little friend nudging you to get back to work. So go to coldturkey.com to download the free version right now. It's great for studying, writing, working, finishing that book you've always wanted to write. But also the pro version, which I have, is amazing because it blocks video games, schedules times so that you can like organize your day around when these websites and things will shut off. And there's also a writing doc that comes up on your screen and makes it so you can't access anything else but this doc. And you can set up half an hour where you're just purely writing. Again, that has been so helpful for me writing scripts and writing comedy. So to get 20% off of that pro version, use the promo code SIDENOTE. So again, go to coldturkey.com and use the promo code SIDENOTE for the pro version or just download the free version right now to start blocking websites. I'm excited for the productivity in your future. Now, let's start the show. Hi, Greg. Hello, Mitchell Moffat. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. I just... Uh, actually, I'm doing pretty good today. Aye, that's great. Uh, it's deceivingly hot outside. Okay, it's not. I, what, what, what do you mean? It's like everything's melting. All the snow is already oh, melting. But you mean it's like hovering around zero Celsius. I, I actually think it's like five degrees outside. Wait, really? Yes. Oh. I, um, it is your day to walk the dog, but I just, <laughs> just walk him, so I actually have the most... <laughs> pertinent recent evidence <laughs> so it is warm outside it has been so cold in toronto yeah. though minus 35 mm-hmm. degrees celsius with the wind chill with the, with wind, chill. the wind chill which is an important which, chill interestingly is nearly the same temperature in fahrenheit minus yeah. it's like minus 35 is around where they collide yeah so like americans you can get it too but also change your <laughs> system actually change yeah. a lot of things <laughs> um but yeah no it's been so cold like the other day we went outside with ernie oh my gosh all we do is ever talk about ernie at the beginning okay. <laughs> that's <laughs> our life that's our life. Right We're proud dads. And he wouldn't even put his little paws on the ground because it was so cold. Uh, I loved it. I love the cold. And we will get to that later mm. in the debate. But first, we have to talk about what we learned. 
<laughs> Wait, who is that? The girl from SNL. What's her name? Honestly, it was- oh no, the lady from like uh, the kids cartoon show. I am so bad with names. What's that kids funny I cartoon show? It was literally me flubbing my words. Oh, I'm the hormone monster. That lady. Oh, I love <laughs> bubble bite. Yeah, the bubble bite. Maya Rudolph. That's yeah, who. as the female okay. hormone monster. But first, let's get into what did you learn this week? Oh, what did we learn this week? I have groundbreaking information today. Wait, what? It is, for me, groundbreaking. It is something I think about all the time. And is this like is, front page of Reddit? Does everyone know about this? I, or is I, this... I saw it as a big, uh, a study came out and it was a news release that I did see on Reddit. It was upvoted a lot, so I think a lot of people relate with this. It's new? It's new, came Ooh, out recently. Oh my God, I'm sweating. They found out a way to minimize mosquitoes interest in you. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, and it's also very fascinating. So they realized if you paint stripes oh, I read this. on yeah. you, mosquitoes will be less interested. So they did it on like mannequins of different skin tones. Which if you look at the photos is really funny. It's bizarre because yeah. some of them they were laying down, some of them standing up. One interesting tidbit, the ones that were laying down, females were interested in both standing up and laying down, but only the males would go, oh, sorry, males would only go after the mannequins that were laying down. Male mosquitoes. Male mosquitoes. So don't lie down, step one. Well, male mosquitoes aren't the ones who are sucking your blood anyway. Oh, right? true. So true. It's just they're, like they're the big ones that you yeah. see and you're like, what's um, But so basically they realized a lot of, um, whether it be like modern day indigenous communities or even going back to like Neanderthals, they found paintings and stuff where they paint stripes on them. Pre the existence of communities wearing clothes, and now they think that a lot of it has to do with repelling insects. So it's not just mosquitoes. It was all types of insects, or I shouldn't say all types, but a certain category of insects that they were testing. And the mannequins that had the stripes would have like significantly less mosquitoes that would ever touch them and because they would get stuck to them. They like made That's so interesting. Yeah, I thought it was so cool. And they were also like, now they think maybe this is why zebras have stripes. It's wow. a mechanism. Evolutionary biologists yes. swooped in. Yeah, but there are also other there are also other theories about zebra stripes, as in like it's a type of like dynamic camouflage. So when they're all moving yeah. together, it's actually difficult to oh, see. Oh, like which one's which? Who's who? Oh my god, I'm so where, confused. Yeah, it's like it's like an illusion basically. But it may also be because it protects them against. Into insects. like when we go camping in the summer, you showing up fully painted. <laughs> I will because I get bit by mosquitoes so, so bad. Much. Forever I've wanted to make a video on mosquitoes. I think Veritasium did, and then I was yeah, like, thank you, because a lot of it does have to do with like the CO2 you breathe out, your body composition position but knowing this that i'm a person who gets a lot of bites i next summer am going to paint myself this in stripes. also <laughs> makes me just think so often about like like the way that we assess like intelligence and science is such a western like ideology but to think that indigenous people have been doing this for so long like, yeah. and now science is like oh whoa did Maybe you know it's like oh yeah. my god like there's so many different <laughs> right. ways of assessing like literally intelligence and it's like just knowing that like other people have been doing this for so long for a reason right and in 2019 is the first so, so, like, time that even science figured neanderthals it out. <laughs> yeah exactly i just think that's an important like, thing that everyone remembers species that you're yeah. like they were so dumb they couldn't even survive well that's not true because i'm reading a lot of neanderthals they were not dumb no i know but that's what people say they're so dumb they oh survive, but yeah then there's elements where you're like they actually had figured shit out yeah i know and i think that that's just something we always need to be reestablishing is that right. science is a framework and then yeah. people who get really pretentious about it right. sometimes are forgetting that there's other ways of assessing intelligence. Mm-hmm. What did you learn this week, Greg? Okay, so mine is about the Galapagos Islands. Oh, cool. Have you gone there? No, but I went, you to, went Ecuador, to Ecuador and then I didn't, didn't go there. And I was like, what? And I remember the time being like, I'll be back. It's like, no, I won't. <laughs> like, well, maybe I will, but I'm just that's sad true. If that it, I didn't. That's my advice. If you're somewhere, you yeah. just go to what, realize that you probably won't come back again in your life unless you're Because lucky. I was young enough that I was like, I'll definitely come back mm-hmm. before I'm 30. Now I'm 30, not been back. I would love to go back to the Galapagos right. Islands. But obviously that is where Darlin, Dar, Dar, my Darlin Darwin <laughs> showed up and was like, huh. Maybe evolution is a theory that I need to, you know, publish. Mm-hmm. Like it's where he first realized, like in this isolated environment, there's these right. different species who would have adapted differently. Very famous for that reason. And so, it's pretty famous because it's like a, an insane amount of diversity there, isn't it? Is that? Yeah, there's right. a lot of diversity, but also very specific species that don't exist anywhere else because okay. they've evolved in this specific climate. Okay. So it's there's a lot of tourism there because of that reason. Mm-hmm. And so these species are obviously unique and they're sensitive and they were finding oh, that they are sensitive. They have sensitive hearing, which is part of what we're talking about. Some of them, especially land iguanas. Okay. But they were putting off fireworks and the loud bangs were causing like cardiac arrests mm-hmm. and stress in the animals. Were they doing this as a test or it was just when fireworks were when going When fireworks, off? like New Year's, like because uh, there's tourism there, they would have celebrations. Yeah. 
And so because of that, scientists were realizing it was having like a negative impact on the animals. So now the Galapagos Islands is officially silent from fireworks. There's oh, no more fireworks allowed, nice. no more loud noises allowed, which is like a nice story. It's like a conservation effort yeah. and it makes well, me just feel good. It makes sense that like a creature that has no idea what a human is would hear a giant boom because even like dogs and cats freak out with fireworks it probably is just insane stress because they're like literally an explosion like some demon is coming after yeah me. it's not that it's nothing as to do well with the as, light too. yeah they said it's that they mostly could, the sound they said that they can have you can have fireworks without the sound like i think that you can actually uh, like is that possible i think the uh, sound uh, is part of the like experience of fireworks that you could yeah, take that out i did not know that i know well they mentioned that but i didn't look into it but i'm like are there silent fireworks because that would also be kind of cool to see yeah like, i feel like your brain yeah and your brain would be like sync with them this reminds me also like when we went to the arctic with greenpeace remember that was about like um seismic blasting and the impact it has on whales yeah. and there'd be some insane like the blasting itself not only stretches the whales out, but actually impacts their And the sound hearing. travels a lot further, and it's stronger yeah. in water. So it's interesting to, to take a note about, yeah, what are the things that we're doing that we're not always realizing The Anthropocene, us humans, we're impact. really having a huge impact. I know. But so, it's important that we yeah, think about it. That was positive conservation. Story time. Story time. Story time. Story time. Today we are talking about winter, something I j'adore, something <laughs> Mitch does not j'adore so much. J'adore. How do you say hate in French? Oh my gosh, don't even do this. Okay. Uh, uh, we are Anglo-Saxon. We live in Canada, but we do not know French that well. <laughs> I feel like I know Spanish. Je teste or deteste. Oh yeah, deteste. <laughs> okay. So um, he detestes French. I mean winter. winter. <laughs> he j'adores French. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be telling some stories about winter, which was hard for us because it's just like in general. But I'm gonna start with a story slash let's discuss the 2013 ice storm Ooh, in Toronto. I think it was across Ontario. It was across Ontario, but I was looking it up. The hardest hit city of all, because it was also in America as well, mm-hmm. was Toronto. So oh, it really? was actually like a really big deal. It, okay, let's give some context. So what? it's it's December 21st and the days are extremely short <laughs> and we decide to throw a party because people are home for the winter. <laughs> We're in our old house. ASAP Science has been existing for about two years. And we had a party that night, and we had people over, and we yeah. were drinking. And I remember it was like 2 a.m., and we went outside. That was sort of like the first wave of freezing rain. Mm-hmm. And I think I remember we were hearing like rumblings that like there's going to be an ice storm. But you hear things like that a lot. Right. We couldn't have predicted. Yeah, and how it happens bad it from would time get. to time, like ice storms, where it's just like freezing rain. You're like, hey, it's not safe to drive, but this was going to be something different. Yeah, and I remember thinking like, I don't know if our friends should go home because Ubers were really expensive because it was like. Was there- Uber then? Yeah, or, oh, okay. or maybe no. Yeah, there was Uber. Okay, it must have been, Uber's yeah. been around for a lot longer That's than true. you realize. It feels like it. It feels like a new era. thing, but now it's <laughs> such a part of our lives. That's true. But um, yeah. So I just remember maybe the Ubers weren't around, but they were having issues getting cabs. Maybe it was like calling. Cabs. And it always costs so much money when there's like exactly. a storm. Exactly. And so I think we were thinking maybe you guys should sleep over for safety, but we didn't, and they went off into the <laughs> night. Actually, you can go. Well, I was like, it's not that big a deal. And then we woke up the next morning, and it was. It was, like, beautiful, the way that Toronto looked, but it was was scary. Like, the trees were literally encased in ice from head to toe. So the trunk would have, like, an ice trunk. Every branch would have icicles all over it. They said it was, like, between one to three centimeters of ice that coated everything. Because it was two bouts of freezing rain. Do you remember, like, so many trees fell down because because of the the ice, too. Yeah. Yeah, like, the ice and wind weighs them down, breaks them down. I remember our front yard was just, like, covered in tree branches. I remember I was like, I'm going to go to Hale across the street and get, or not Hale, what was it called? The Hub, and get um, coffee. And I walked out and just immediately slipped and, like, (laughs) fell. You know how embarrassing that is in the winter? And I was like, oh. And fell and was like, okay, Craig, like, what are you doing? Like, just go back inside. Like, this is not, like, it was just, like, those immediate moments. I can't possibly make it across the street Yeah, I did it. Well, I just remember being like, okay, you're so dumb. Like, because I was trying to, like, brave the weather. Your car froze, Yeah, so at the time I had a car and I was outside the front of our house and literally Literally, I could not get into it because it was a solid sheet of ice over it. And I was trying to, like, you know, like, take the car, what do you call that, scratcher, like, whatever you clear the ice with. The car brush. (laughs) The car brush. And I couldn't break any of the ice. So I literally, my car was frozen shut. I couldn't get into it. It was really ominous and interesting. The whole city was shut down. There was, so 300,000 people in Toronto were out of power at this Mm -hmm. point. And our house never lost power, remember? Never? Never lost power. Oh, wow. Wasn't it then, like, two blocks away? 
all, all around us there was no we power were and like we were remember we were we became like a public shower for God our friends yeah well there were a couple straight people in our house at the same time too but remember like our friends would come over like Aaliyah came over to use the our shower, shower before work and stuff and yeah. it was like we if we ran our sink our shower would get cold like we always oh, knew that and we were having people over to God. use our shower and running our sink by mistake and then being you like hear people oh my scream. God. like literally you'd just be like oh, I'll do the dishes and they'd be like ah <laughs> and they had no idea this was a problem. So after they'd be like, "Your shower is messed up," and yeah. we'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's like." They're like, "Really? Are you complaining because you have no power, <laughs> and you are using this as a public bathroom?" <laughs> but one weird, funny thing about this was that my parents' friend would not give up the fact that we have this annual Christmas dinner, and so she wanted to make sure that we would have a Christmas dinner even though they did not have power. Uh, so I took the subway on, like, December 23rd or whatever to this house <laughs> in, like, where my parents live. We, it was actually really scary. I remember coming out of the subway because it goes above ground a bit, and I looked, and I'm like, this is, like, a post-apocalyptic. Yeah. It was gray. It was blue. The trees were just, like, fallen everywhere. Mm. It was very quiet, and I was like, what? Why is this person Why still? But it was really funny. We show up. She cooked the turkey at someone else's house with power. And brought it back? And, like, brought it back. Wow, that's pretty it was impressive. Freezing. We all had layers. <gasps> we had our coats on. We sat in the have, dark. Did like, a fireplace or something? No, no fireplace. No <laughs> lights. There were candles. I mean, it was, like... I, memorable, right? Like I don't, I remember right. it clearly, but I remember me and my sister were like, "This is such commitment for this like right. dinner." It's very, it is probably one of the most memorable Christmases that you have. Yeah. Like that's such a distinct memory. That's like a nice thing they gave to you. Anyways, I just I <laughs> love, I love, love, love winter. It was like twelve point eight million dollars of damage but i love a winter oh, storm because you come together and everyone like goes through this like thing together and i i enjoy when those things happen as long as you know only 28 people died yeah well <laughs> that's oh, enough to for it to oh, not that's be really morbid like, and we knew people who had to stay in hotels because their yeah. homes didn't have heat for a week yeah my friend over had to christmas. stay in a, yeah, yeah over christmas in a hotel yeah and there's nothing you, you can do you just they weren't compensated yeah either. i mean like who is the, i don't know is that the government's fault like who is really supposed to compensate them? Maybe insurance or something. I don't know, but that sucks. Like it's it was an intense situation. We were when you we live. Had... This is the choice of when you live in Canada. Actually, for, it... yeah, for those who don't context, like it can. It's not so bad now, but when it's minus twenty five, like your eyeballs feel like yeah. they're freezing. Literally. And that's an interesting thing, though. Those ice storms happen when it hovers around zero. Like you need freezing rain, right. and then it to get really yeah, cold fast. True. Like it's a very specific. Yeah, thing in that that's case, necessary. it's not necessarily freezing. It's not necessarily minus that twenty. Cold, yeah. yeah. My friend, we well, we ASAP Science sponsored a Syrian newcomer, so this is their first winter. And they, he sent me a text recently. He was just like, "What is happening?" It was like funny, like thinking <laughs> about how cold it is. Hurts. It's like there is a part of me that does think there's many people around the world who would think we're insane that Absolutely. there's this big city that's and then we just walk outside when it's that cold. Yeah, yeah. The ice storm of 2013 didn't only impact Toronto, but also turned Quebec and the northeastern United States into a gorgeous ice sculpture. And I just learned that these are a thing. It even created cryocysms, also known as frost quakes. They're great. Not frosted flakes, frost quakes that could be heard throughout central Canada and the U.S. And in terms of damage, Greg's stat of 12.8 million is a little off. I would like you to crunch those numbers again. Damages cost over 190 million in the greater Toronto area, and we had to receive financial assistance from the province. This begs the question, why not bury electrical wires underground? Why not prevent blackouts by hiding the wires that are so susceptible to the crashing of trees covered in thick ice? Oh, Car- oh. No. The short answer is money, honey. Yes, the storm was expensive, but to put everything underground is an estimated 16 billion for the city, not to mention navigating all the other gas, water, subway lines down below. And though underground cables can be more reliable, they also take up a lot more time to repair. And underground equipment is also susceptible to flooding, which is the type of weather we can expect to see with climate change. And citizens would have to foot the bill, and Toronto Hydro estimates a 300% increase in bills. 
All that to say, I do not think they will be making this change anytime soon. My story is about my athletic ability, uh, which I know, I know you all think that, uh, you know, you see me, you think of like, you know, an Olympian. And so like, this is going to be You a are shock. athletic though. Am I? Well, I well, just that remember- was like the nice thing you ever said to me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, whenever we play tennis, I'm always like, I'm obviously going to win. And then I'm usually sweating. I win, but by a little bit and I'm sweating. <laughs> oh, please. Okay. No, I am generally, I mean, I, I'm not wholly uncoordinated, but like, you know- I'm not super athletic. Really? Is that what you think about yourself? Yeah. I mean, like, when I play against other people in sports, especially people who play sports, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not good. I'm only good when I'm playing against people that I know, and I'm like, you're, you're actually bad. You're so competitive and good at games. Oh, I love games. Is that yeah. how you made well, up video friend? games, board games? Yeah, because yeah, I'm like, the, the brain, honey. The noggin, the she's, biggest muscle. She's controlling everything. Um, so anyway, this has to do with my first time ever learning to ski. Um, I went with my cousins. Wait, they what about in... for our listeners who don't know what skiing is? Oh, okay. The <laughs> definition of skiing is uh, it's literally when you put like sticks on your feet. <laughs> I believe go. it started in Norway. <laughs> you literally have like these wooden sticks on your feet. Am I really explaining skiing? Actually, and you like glide over the ice. You glide no, over the you, snow. Over the you snow. glide over the snow, some say. And also, <laughs> some say some that say you can do it down the hill <laughs> or you can do it with yeah, your legs walking across, across the country. country. So I was learning downhill ski, which is, like, much scarier because, like, you don't always have control. Paint the picture. Where were you? So Ontario? I'm in Kingston. I have family Ooh. over in Kingston. And I don't really know. Jamaica? That makes no sense. Uh, no. Um, Kingston, Ontario. Oh. And we have – there must have just been, like, a little ski – not resort there, but, like, in Ontario, there'll be, like, little ski lodges that everyone goes to. So it's the first time. I think my cousin's first time as well. So we're, like, learning on the bunny hill. I can't believe you remember this. How old were you? I was probably older than I should have been. Like, I probably learned to ski when <laughs> I was, like, around 10 or something. Oh, I love how I just burned you for that. That's not even a burn. Okay, continue. <laughs> um, and so we're there, and on the bunny hill, it's, like, pretty scary as a kid. Like, you have this little, like, machine that you hold on to get up to the top. That's so hard. It's yeah. like, why start like, there? Like, I don't have the arm strength yeah. at 10 to hold on to this, It's like, okay? just make it. Oh, and my it's like, God. It also, yeah. like, doesn't move smoothly. It's like, yeah. <laughs> as you're, like, getting pulled up. And so you're learning how to do, like, your pizza stop, which is when, like, you cross yeah. your skis inwards to, like, stop that way. And I'm, like, feeling pretty confident, whatever. Like, I'm, like, not wanting to brag, but, like, around all the other kids on the bunny hill, I'm, like, okay, I'm like, ready. I'm athletic. I'm ready to graduate. Yeah. <laughs> so eventually we're, like, okay, we're big kids we're gonna like go in the over. same day in the same day wow. yeah we're gonna like go and use the ski lift and like see what the hills are like not not like the big hills but Let's we'll check out the slopes we'll start on the like you would know like what's the diamond color for like the easiest like green, green circle or something green circle okay whatever um and so yeah, black diamonds hard don't start what? there <laughs> yeah we went to the black diamond no that's not where the story is going literally what happens is when you get to the ski lift which is just a giant chair that like three people can sit on and it brings you to the top of a ski hill you have to like kind of put your feet in tracks, right? Because, like, so many people have used it. Maybe yeah. not always, but okay. I just remember they tell you where to line up. And as you have to, like, the, the, the chair doesn't stop for you. So it, like, swings around the corner and it slows down. You sit on it and it speeds up and brings you to the top of the hill, right? So I'm getting in these tracks and literally as the chair comes around the corner, my feet cross. And you know when you're new at skiing. Oh, you were one of those. <laughs> like, once you cross the skis, you, there's what, nothing you, cannot you can do. Look back. Literally, I instantly start falling and tripping. But, like, it's a really confusing thing to undo when your feet are crossing yeah. your skiing. Oh, and scary. the chair hits me, <gasps> and I fall forward, and my cousins are perfectly on the, <laughs> on the chair, like, waiting. As it pushes me, and my ski gets caught on the what? chair and starts pulling me forward. Up the hill? Not, up, like, in, in the direction of oh, up the hill. Oh, yeah, yeah. So but I'm like, stop ah! it. So I'm getting pulled and, like, oh, screaming and so embarrassed that they have to stop the whole ski lift and yeah, shut yeah, it yeah. down. And, like, I think they slowly reversed it. And I was, like, in that moment where I was, like, you know, once you're on the ground and your skis are tied, like, your skis are tied. Yeah, it's when your really skis are tied. It's really difficult to even stand up. So now literally yeah, everyone fine. on the ski lift is just, like, sitting, waiting, while <laughs> I am trying to stand up, deciding if I'm embarrassed it's enough to keep going. It's such a funny, awkward, like, pathetic, like, it's like a giraffe being born. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's always, it's like the most, no offense, <laughs> but it's one of the most, like, funny, unattractive things to see people <laughs> on skis, like, struggling. And every time you're on a ski lift and it stops, I always like, think about how there's, like, someone at the bottom or top who's, like, life. 
life is just like ending. <laughs> and for that person, it's literally the scariest moment yeah, of and, their life. And it, but also just so embarrassing because everyone's waiting in line. Uh, did you so get back up? I did. I was too <gasps> embarrassed wow. to not do it. So good I got on Pride. and continued and had a good day the rest of the day. And that's what this lesson is about. It's about, you know, when you get knocked down persevere. by machines. Persevere. Get up. Yeah, that was a good Try lesson again. for the future because it's like the machines are coming to knock us down. But honestly, that is, oh, that's so awful. I used to snowboard all the time. In fact, I was a snowboard instructor. That's why my MSN name was actually G-Man Border. That's why you literally were just like, it's literally the most unattractive thing when someone falls on skis right at the ski lift. It's like, I didn't mean so rude. But you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's just like a funny thing because it's like skiing is always about like finesse and looking good. I was really unattractive in that moment, but then I redeemed myself. Well, my one one quick unattractive snowboard moment was I – was a snowboard instructor. I love teaching snowboarding, but I am—I um, don't know if it's a gay thing, but I my prefrontal <laughs> cortex grew a little bit before the straight boys because I did not go into oh the s- the park. You know, like going off like uh, jumps like and ramps. And, yeah. I was like, I don't need that. Like mm-hmm. that's toxic masculinity in a vicinity. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not going into the park. But there was this one time where I was like, I can do this, and I think my I knew my sister was like going up the chairlift, and I wanted to like kind of show off to her and her friend. And I was like, okay, Greg, like you can do this. I don't know what happened. Maybe I had like a little extra fries and poutine at lunch. <laughs> and I was like, okay, That's what gets you show going. off to them. And then they were like, kind of like, Greg, go and do it. And I like went down, <laughs> like towards the jump. And I just like was kind of like stomping on my way that I was so slow that I only made it halfway up, up the, the jump. jump. <laughs> like I stopped and then I just had to like climb up the rest and then like get on my board and, and I'm just like, yeah. fall down it. Yeah, like that's called a zero degree. <laughs> and just like went down the, the thing. And I could tell that my sister's so nice. Like I think right. in her head, Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's just like, oh, that's sad. My like, I wish I could have like cheered him on, but he didn't she even was like. She went to her friends and just was like, "He's gay." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, we get it." Yeah, no air. During Mitch's story, he talked about how he had been on a green circle slope, and this got us wondering: Wait, how do they regulate this and decide whether a slope is a green circle for easy or a black diamond for hard? The difficulty of a ski trail is measured by percent slope, where 100% is the equivalent to a 45 degree angle. Thus, the higher the percentage, the steeper and more difficult the slope. Nothing like 12 inches of powder to really activate the sin portal, you know what I'm saying? In North America, this breaks down into a system with four basic ratings for ski slopes. The green circle rating is designated for the easiest slopes, with slope grades from 6 to 25%, which is essentially a 2.7 degree, that's almost flat, to 11 degree, ooh, slope. That was easy. These are not very steep, and the green circle trails will tend to be very wide and well-groomed. There's a perfectly, like, good groomed run right here. The blue square is the next rating up. We're getting a little bit harder, and it's an intermediate slope with grades ranging from 25% to 40%, or an 11 degree to 18 degree slope. Most trails will have this rating because it's sort of like an average ski trail. Next, we have the black diamonds, which are ooh, expert, hard, sleek, cool. I'll wait for you at the top, man! I'll wait for you at the bottom! And their slope grades are above 40% or above an 18 degree slope. You can have a single black diamond or an even more challenging double black diamond that's not only steep, but can also present a number of other hazards such as very narrow trails or even trees exposure to wind. 
For example, there's Corbe's Coloir in Wyoming. Is that French? <laughs> it's a double black diamond run known as America's scariest ski slope. It has an average slope grade of 22.5 degrees, but it begins with an almost 15-foot freefall, after which you'd have to immediately swerve to avoid colliding with a lot of rocks. As scary as a black diamond sounds, most skiing fatalities, a full 54%, actually occur on blue square runs. Only 31% of people and fatalities happen on black diamond. But skiing can be very dangerous, so make sure you stay safe on the slope. We have become officially a modern pod, and you can now follow us on Instagram. It's at SideNotePod, and this is where we're going to post the polls so you can actually vote on who won the debate. Please help me. I've lost them all. Also, you can see the pictures from behind the scenes and also any extra information that we might have from our episodes that we don't include in the podcast. As well, make sure on iTunes you are leaving us a review. We love to read what you're saying about our podcast, how we could even make it better potentially. And lastly, make sure you go to coldturkey.com and download Cold Turkey. Also, use the promo code SIDENOTE to get 20% off the pro version, which I'm obsessed with, and get focused and get writing. That's coldturkey.com, promo code SIDENOTE. Today, we are debating the winter. Uh, we're gonna as be, a concept, as a, as a as season. As a construct, as a concept, as a season, as everything you love, everything you hate. I will be debating for the idea that winter sucks. And Greg will be debating for the idea that winter is a wonderful thing, right? Yes, and I do believe this is going to be a good one because you complain about winter all the time. And I do. This I is truly, an actual debate we always have. I truly believe this. So would you like to go first or second, Greg? Second, but. Oh, wow, interesting. Okay. I'm on first last time. Okay, I'm going to hit this. I forgot to do that. And you can count, look at that timer there and let me know when you want me to start. Debate time. Uh, you can start now. Okay, number one. In winter, it's harder to get sleep literally because there's less light. So your body actually responds to the light and when there's not as much of it with the sun's rising later and setting earlier, your sleep quality is actually uh, hurt. Really? Uh, in particular, your body responds to light between 6 and 8.30 a.m. the best. So when the light is there at that time of day, you actually have better sleep and you wake up more properly. Um, all... One of the big ones is that people experience seasonal affective disorder. Up to 15% of populations get literally depressed. SAD is the acronym. Um, in, in Northern Hemispheres, it goes up to one third of the population. Stop looking at my notes. Thank you very much. Um, less serotonin means more depression. And do we really want that? Yeah, winter sucks. Okay, more people get sick. Sicknesses travel more easily. The viruses can spread. We have less mucus in our nose because it's so dry. They actually did a study where they put pathogens on a single doorknob in an office building and within hours it had infected the entire building. Everyone got it. Okay? That's disgusting and we don't need that in our lives. Uh, 2014 study that's what that was from. Uh, <laughs> I'm just realizing my notes. I'm kind of scrambling through them. How much time do I have? Oh, Wow, you have these truly I, 45 minutes. I mean, <laughs> seconds left. You're the worst. Um, people die. Uh, deaths related to health increase 36% <laughs> in the winter, which is insane. So some examples are it actually constricts our blood vessels, which increases the rate of heart attack and stroke. Falling? Also falling. Obviously, there's lots of like slipping and stuff, but just in terms of like general health, people have a worse time over the winter. And ultimately, there was a study done in 2015 by the Lancet paper, which found that cold is 20 times deadlier than heat. Uh, my final point will be I know you like to take care of your skin. You have a nice Five skin seconds. regimen at night. It actually is damaging to your skin. And for some people, that's permanent damage, causing things like eczema and rosacea. And wow, I didn't even need to do the buzzer. You were done. Wow, done. you're good at this. Um, well, I love I'm, that good. One of your... I'm probably good because you literally are never timing me. Yeah. You just like space out and forget to actually <laughs> no, look at the clock. No, I wasn't spacing out. I was thinking about what you were saying. Oh, that's very nice. I keep on falling in the winter. That's a song for people who are older. In Canada, we call them snow bunnies, people who leave for snow, Florida in the winter so they don't birds. fall. Oh. <laughs> They're not snow bunnies. Snow, I mean, well, maybe. Well, what's a snow bunny? Like, I don't know. Like a. 
porn star or something. Whoa, Mitchell. Isn't that not what it is, there. the bunnies? I don't know. I was picturing just a bunny rabbit in the snow. What's wrong with the snow bunny? Okay. <laughs> okay, are you ready, Mr. Pro Winter? Yes, I am. Okay, I'm actually going to time you. So okay. your time starts now. I'm just going to start with the usual seasonal affective disorder study that I found that very in 2016, so I don't know when yours was from, very explicitly found that it was a myth and that people being depressed, it wasn't necessarily due to the light and to the sun. It was mm. one study. I did find many others that mm. backed us up. But okay. there we go. Interesting. So winter. One study and a slew of many. Okay, excuse sorry. me. I get extra three seconds for whatever <laughs> you just said. Um, okay. So loving winter is a mindset. Yes, some people do get more depressed, but in parts of Norway, a specific place called Trollsen, I can't pronounce it. <laughs> But they found that depression rates are not any higher in the winter. And they do say is because of that. Hey, the, you know, what? it's like the ability to embrace winter and love hmm. the fact that you're being cozy, the fact that you actually can ski, the fact that you can love snow. Speaking of snow, I like really like this point, <laughs> which is that snow reflects the sun's energy back into space, which is essential in this warming climate that we have snow around to actually reflect it back. One minute. So the albedo, which is like a scale of how reflective something is, so zero being it fully absorbs, one being it fully reflects. Uh, The ocean is 0.6, but snow is 0.9. So it really sends a lot of the sun's rays back up, which is what we need. So essentially snow is amazing. Snow also creates the fresh water that we all mostly all of us have to drink. Actually, yeah, we all need fresh water. Never mind. So a lot of this, it's snowpack that is actually up in mountains that melts, and that is what gives us our fresh water. 30 seconds. Okay, so now getting back more into winter, because I feel like I got off topic (laughs) to talk about snow. Sex. Conception. Looking at a million births, they found that most of the time, conception happens in December. Also, women are more likely to orgasm if wearing socks. When I think winter, I think socks. And it's crazy because they did a study where they actually seconds. put they actually put people's heads into these like brain monitors and they get got their partner to like give them fellatio <laughs> and they <laughs> measured second. if they had orgasms, they had orgasms more if they were wearing socks. Wow. Wait, Isn't that a great study? What? Yeah, so they actually what they did is they put I guess I just Wait, said it. People but, have a higher rate of orgasm if they have socks on. Women, yeah, would orgasm 80% of the time in the study if they were wearing socks and only 50% of the time if they weren't wearing socks. What? I know. I mean, there's obviously like other variables probably involved in this. And is this exclusive to winter though? You could just wear socks in the okay, summer. I was People hoping, wear socks in the summer. I was hoping you wouldn't go there, but when I think winter, I think socks. No, like, Everyone wears socks all year I know, round. I not everyone. Whatever. But. It was a really cute study. But one thing I will say is that this is a personal thing. I love winter for the appreciation of spring, the appreciation of summer. And one thing that's in our book, go get it, New York Times bestselling book called ASAP Science. It's a really interesting <laughs> title. Um, is that new experiences slow down time. And I really, this is one of the main reasons why I think I could never live somewhere without seasons, like a place like Los Angeles when we go. This it doesn't change. Our climate doesn't change. You don't have to adapt because every year we have to get out our new clothes. We have to trek through the snow. We have to like have these new experiences mm. every day. It slows down our entire lives. Like dealing with fall, dealing with the mm. summer even, I think it's like a gift. And yeah, I love- Yeah, I will agree. It gives you a time perspective as well. A time even perspective. If, even if it doesn't feel like time slowing down, your memories are more distinct in some ways because you're like, oh, this past winter. Not that like LA doesn't have- some sense of seasons, but I do agree it's more um, like homogenous. But it, again, what I'm saying is from a neurological perspective, novelty and new experiences slow down time because your brain's being used in a different way and you actually just end up like perceiving things more clearly. In Los Angeles, you don't have to change your life in the same way you do here. Like we have a memory. We will have a memory of the other day when we were almost freezing <laughs> and our dog was almost freezing and we went outside and we threw the hot water to mm-hmm. see like those types of things are really important. And without winter, I think you'd be surprised how much you miss it. One minute. It should always feel like the same amount of time, right? It's always 60 seconds long. But how come some minutes drag on forever while others fly by? Altered perceptions of time, whether it's protracted duration, meaning that time feels as if it's going more slowly, or it's temporal compression, where time feels like it's going by faster than normal, is a real psychological and biological phenomenon. And if winter feels extra slow to you right now, 
it might have to do with the temperature. Here's a weird story of how we first figured this out. So one night in the 1930s, Anna Plummer Hoagland had a terrible fever and it was messing up with her perception of time. She felt like time was flying by and her husband, Hudson Hoagland, great name, is a neuroscientist and he's taking care of her and he's like, huh, this is interesting. Let's do a little experiment. He had Anna estimate the amount of time that had passed by having her count to 60 seconds. So when her temperature was at 98 degrees, she counted to 60, but actually 52 seconds had passed. When it climbed to 101 degrees, she counted to 60 again, but the true time was 40 seconds. The higher her temperature, the more it felt like time was flying by. Someone once told me time is a flat circle. Hoagland then went on to test this on other people by putting heated helmets on their heads, which to me seems entirely unethical, but he found similar effects to what his wife had experienced. These results have since been replicated at a larger scale by changing room temperature, and we see the same thing when you go in the opposite direction. As you get colder, your perception of time slows down. Other studies have found that your reaction time decreases as well. This may explain why for some of us, winter feels like an eternity. Did you hear that, LA? Greg's coming for you. He hates you. I know. Well, that's just like a, I just, such a like weird opinion, like such a privilege, like, oh my, like industry thing to have an opinion on, on LA. But well, you I meant do, temperature wise. I think yeah. I don't disagree with the perspective and seasons being nice in some sense, but I also wouldn't be surprised that if you live in a warm climate, you're just generally happier. I don't know if that's true. I'm, that's not based on a study, but I get the sense that people who moved to LA are, not upset by the weather. They're, Are you fact, sure? Because it's really yeah, hot there. And, and a lot of people can go other places. Like you can go somewhere. You can drive up north to an upstate place where it snows. Like, yeah, drive. You can, okay, yeah. I guess you're saying we're forced. We're but, forced. But also, like, there's so many more risks in winter. Like, is it worth the risk for people to die at a higher rate? Like, to be not just like health wise, but there's more car accidents, I imagine, because the roads are mm-hmm. more dangerous. There's the your visuals when you're driving. Like, I just think. Does it pay off for you? Yeah, okay, you get the sense of time. Wow, good for you. Well, but some people literally lose all of their sense of time because they die. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you have some strong points with literally one of your points. The word is death. Yeah. Um, and, so, and then my next one is more death. More death. Okay, yeah. No, and that's fair. But I do, I do just think that I feel so lucky and blessed to be in a place with seasons and I do love winter and I do think it's a mindset and I do but, okay, but, want okay. you to learn Here's how the to crux. actually the appreciate that. Of the question. Why struggle through it? Do you love winter or do you love that winter gives you perspective and to appreciate the other seasons more? Because I don't actually think you love winter. You haven't told me one reason you love winter <laughs> other than it makes the other seasons even better. Well, I do love <laughs> being cozy. I do love um, the fact that I think we do a lot more work and I have a lot I am someone who suffers from FOMO and in the summer it's a lot worse everyone's right. out at the beach they're drinking on patios I mm-hmm. if I'm working in the summer I feel a lot more depressed working right now I don't feel bad no one's doing anything that is interesting that's making me feel interested. Which, or you're like, yeah, everyone, a lot of people are indoors watching indoors, movies, yeah. like just doing chill things that you're like, I can be indoors. And, and I feel do guilty. love cross country skiing and the idea of coming home from that into like a warm place. And we're doing that this weekend. And that can only happen in the winter. But you are right. This morning when I was slogging through the slushy snow, I had a moment where I thought, why the hell? That's what I mean. Am I doing There's this? just part of me that's like, okay, I can appreciate aspects of it. But ultimately, like, there's, there's times here, and we live in Toronto, Canada, where like, it is so cold, it physically hurts. Yeah. I don't know if that feels that way to you. Like, maybe my body's different. But, like, your face will feel pain from the air. Isn't I think there's a, fun- the, there's a not- fundamental difference in us, nice. too, though. And that I think people could probably relate to one or the other. 
I personally love, like when we go on vacation, to have to do a hike, to have to, I love struggling through something to feel a reward after. Mm. Whereas you don't, you don't, you don't respond to that. You just want to have like. Um, that, you're so shady, okay? But like, is that not true in well, general? Well, like maybe to do with winter, but you don't think that I would want to push through something to learn something, to do something. Not like. to learn something, <laughs> but there's, when, there is a sense, like, for example, when we want to relax or do, like, I want to do something that sometimes maybe makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable in order to, like, earn an epic meal or something like that. Whereas I feel like you're more I'm apt like, to I'll be just like... i have the epic meal. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know how to <laughs> describe this, but I genuinely think it's true. And I think it's why I fundamentally... Okay. We disagree on this winter we point. Fundamentally hate each other. No. <laughs> no. Wait. I'm what? I'm no. Joking. I'm trying to actually make a point. Like okay, I right. actually think that we but will what's disagree the with this. Then? That like, I think what, there will be what people is like your point? that the winter is a struggle, and I love like basking in it with the idea that spring's going to come, and with the idea that like I enjoy being sort of challenged. A way of thinking about what we're talking about right now is potentially that I, Greg, am more into risk-taking, whereas Mitch potentially is not. People tend to approach challenges and risks in a number of different ways, with our DNA being partly responsible for why we may or may not like risk. Some people are just more genetically predisposed than others to be willing to take risks. A 2014 study that coincidentally was looking at skiers and snowboarders found a correlation between people like me who maybe crave novelty-seeking behavior and a mutation in a gene known as the DRD4 gene. This specific DRD4 gene regulates dopamine levels in the reward center of your brain. So genetically, maybe I have a mutation that makes me like risk. Let's get dangerous. Even though some people may be hardwired in their brain to take risks, this is only part of the equation. Like with most things, genes and experiences link to create the way you feel about the world around you. Risk-taking is considered domain-specific, which is a fancy way of saying that for some people, taking a walk in the park at night might be risky. But for others who are maybe used to it, taking a walk in the park at night might literally be a walk in the park. Not risky at all. We have different perceptions based on the way that we have experienced our lives. For example, I think surviving winter is pretty chill, pun intended, whereas Mitch may perceive it as a huge risk. And that's just because I have different experiences than him. There's also a scale for measuring risk. It's called the Dospert scale, and it breaks down risk into five domains, ethical, financial, health and safety, recreational, and social. Taking risks, though, is important when they're safe, of course, because it's a way that us humans learn. Stepping outside of our comfort zone and accepting new challenges can lead to personal growth and, obviously, new experiences. So let us know using the hashtag SideNote Podcast. Do you think that you are a risk taker? Do you think you have a mutation in your DRG4 gene that makes you want to take risks? And if so, what's the most recent risk you undertook? Actually, even if you don't think you're a risk taker, what is the most recent risk you took? Mine was that I was cross-country skiing this weekend, and I went down a really steep hill, and I was so scared. I thought for sure it was a black diamond. Turns out, just a simple blue square. <laughs> A measly 15-degree angle had me shaking, but I learned to love it. I won't take that away from you. I think this is <laughs> a. Stop. I think this is a phenomenon that also exists outside of winter, and it often happens when people face trials and tribulations in their life. They very rarely, in the future say those things weren't significant in their life and they're not like people who are getting like serious accidents and become you know whether they might lose a limb or they might have some <laughs> serious issue happen in their life yeah those often like in it the was future the best they'll thing. say it was yeah. maybe the most important thing that ever happened yeah. to me because and it's it's that's part of my the, winter honestly, lose a limb or go well, i know that's winter. a much different extreme no, but, I, but it's an interesting phenomenon that does happen in tw in plenty of different spaces like it's hard for us to grapple with the fact that something might have been wrong that we're our brains are really good at justifying a reason to enjoy suffering yeah, and to come out of that. But I don't know. I'm actually curious, like, 
what if those studies go further, do they find that those people are happier in general, genuinely because of those things? Or is it just a mechanism that allows them to deal Cope. with that suffering? Yeah, yeah, interesting. Well, anyways, I think fundamentally we do disagree. I thought your points were very interesting, but I do disagree with you. And the funny crux of it all is that this is where we live, baby. Yeah, I mean, you, I, this it is frustrated where we me the other day when you were just like, you're not, you always complain about the winter. And I was like, yeah, I need to stop pretending because it's not making me happy. Like, I want to stop. I'd rather. Uh, what? You'd rather complain about yes. your surroundings? Why not learn Why to not? enjoy it? What's wrong with basking in the group complaining of everyone saying like, yes, this sucks. We're getting through it instead of pretending it's all fine. Or why don't you just go outside and realize it's beautiful. You, the other night it you're like, beautiful. it's so bright out. It's like, yeah, at night it's so bright. It's like, yeah, because the snow reflects the sun and it's actually so beautiful and you don't get to experience this in the summer. Okay, I didn't say it wasn't unique. I didn't say it wasn't sometimes beautiful. I said it sucks <laughs> overall. Right. We need to we need to know what you think. It, it'll depend on where you are, I guess. Use the hashtag Side Note Podcast. Let us know if you love or mm-hmm. don't love winter. And if you don't experience winter, what do you think about yeah. us I find living that in I'm, a major city my that's freezing? Favorite thing is meeting people who are seeing or have just seen snow for the first time. Like I had some friends who came from Australia who had never seen snow, wow. and um, it's just like a fascinating experience because yeah. it's so exciting. To people yeah. to be like, there's literally this stuff falling from the sky and that I've never seen before, and I'm like inter- a 19 year old person or a 20, yeah, 30. Year, like, you know? It is actually crazy, like a volcano ash. Yeah, or something. we'd be like, whoa, but but volcano ash is like scarier. Like snow happens all the time. It's weird that there's people in this world. It's not weird. It's probably weird in other ways for us that we don't experience. Yeah, things, minority of people are fascinating have to me that like yeah, something we experience on an every year basis some people just are like I have no idea what and there's is. extremes right like Montreal would laugh at the snow right. that Toronto gets we went to Montreal they don't even plow their streets because they're like I more okay. snow's coming if you're from Montreal what is with that I loved that city but they, honestly I was like city. is it is it truly because they're actually just like there's it's actually, gonna snow again there's tomorrow a, it's rife with controversy there was a, oh. there was actually like an issue with the government I, like, I the... literally can't walk yeah <laughs> and they have so many little stairways that go up and it's like they're all just covered know, in it's ice it's very dangerous but ultimately I was like okay Montreal just, just shovel your sidebox why don't people do it like everyone here yeah. it, you're legally obliged to shovel the sidebox in front of your home here they also like ski everywhere they're on skis that's true <laughs> so let, okay. us yeah, let us know yes because also and just like vote for me and this I lose oh, every yeah. no, debate no. if you don't know and we Mitch have, is like we have our, no I did that this time we have a side note podcast Instagram account where we put on polls to see who you think wins the debate every week and it makes us well mostly me and you have your really rapid good. big brother fans and I can't compete <laughs> with that no today I did cheat because I was losing and then I, I put it on my Instagram and was like come on for me I'm losing um, but the, someone did oh catch a screenshot God. when I was winning by 100% that was probably the first vote but I, oh I was like this is so funny that I'm like creaming you anyway vote for us let us know who you think wins let us know if you like winner or hate winner thank you for listening we love you thank you for whoa what's a little early gray oh my god I was just okay don't come for me I was just intimate and vulnerable it's hard for me oh that's really nice I love you (laughs) okay see you guys later Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.